This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Of course, the cities have been struggling with the Uber. There's another side of the sharing economy that I guess they're also uh, trying to deal with, and that's Airbnb. The idea is simple, I guess. If you're looking for a place to rent, uh, you can turn to Airbnb. If you're willing to uh, give up your apartment for a weekend, give up your home for a weekend, maybe get out of town for a week, or even just to rent out a room in your house for a few days or a week, uh, Airbnb is a way to do that. So you can list it on the site. People who are coming, say, to Calgary, looking for a place to stay, they can see what's available, how much it costs, where it is, etc. Pretty straightforward, right? Uh, but there's a lot of money to be made in the business of putting people up for the night, I guess, as the hotel industry could tell you. Uh, and we're getting to a situation, though, where we have what are essentially hotels, but that aren't really called hotels or regulated as hotels are. So a new study looking at Airbnb finds that uh, in big markets like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, you've got some large commercial players who are really dominating the market, who are raking in a rather disproportionate amount of the total Airbnb revenue being generated. Finds that uh, in these markets, there's been a lot of growth in what are essentially full-time entire home listings. That it's not people renting out their own homes where they would otherwise live, People who own property. It's being constantly rented out. So what kind of a challenge does this pose to, to cities? What kind of a challenge does this pose to uh, municipal governments? Uh, joining us on the line to talk more about this study, uh, one of the authors of this, uh, David uh, Walksmith, is Canada Research Chair in Urban Governance, so it's a assistant professor at the School of Urban Planning at McGill University and associate member of the Department of Geography at McGill. David, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. It's my pleasure to be here. All right. Well, how readily available is this data? Are you using data through Airbnb or do you have to find another way to, to obtain all of this? Uh, we have to find another way to obtain all this. Um, Airbnb is notoriously protective um, and secretive of, of their data, um, something which extends to researchers like myself, but also to cities who are trying to get a handle on the impacts of short-term rentals on their cities. So we worked with a consulting firm that has been um, downloading the data from Airbnb's website every day for years and years now had about 80 million lines in our spreadsheet, compiled it all up, and started slicing the data to see what we could find. Yeah, okay, well, that's a lot to go through. Exactly. Um, so this looks then at, at Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, right? Yeah, we're looking at the, at the, the whole city regions in those three areas um, as a kind of, you know, as the biggest cities in Canada. What we want to know was um, what, what things look similar between those cities and what things look different, because our idea was that if we identify some consistent trends, then we also would have a, a, um, some, some confidence that those trends would likely apply elsewhere. So, for example, Calgary, which kind of would have been the next city on the list to make the cut, um, if, you know, things that we see are very consistently happening across Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, it also seems likely that Calgary, Ottawa, Edmonton, Victoria, some of the other kind of um, um, also quite large cities would, would be likely seeing similar kind of um, activity. All right. So in terms of the overall number of listings, have we seen uh, big increases uh, across the board? 
Yeah, exactly. So there's been, you know, Airbnb is growing fast. It's growing really fast, actually. You know, the um, the amount of activity there is increasing, you know, by some measures, 50% in the last year, um, which is, you know, that's a growth rate any company would be very happy about. Um, but what we found in particular was what one of the kind of troubling findings is that um, that growth has come very specifically among um, a small group of uh, players or hosts who have, they're not just the your kind of mom and pop renting out their home while they're out of town for the weekend. Um, but instead, they, are, they have multiple properties. In one case in Montreal, up to 180 um, separate properties that this one firm was managing. They're renting out entire homes, and they're doing it full-time. They're doing it 60, 90, 100, 200 nights a year, so that we know that there's very unlikely to be a primary resident living in that um, home when it's not on Airbnb. Okay, and, and is that problematic? Well, it is problematic um, for two reasons. The first and the most important is that um, they're competing. Uh, these short-term rentals on Airbnb are competing with um, long-term residents of the city for places to live. If you compare it to a normal hotel, um, you build a big building, you put in a bunch of bedrooms and some bathrooms, and you're all set. And the kind of more activity, the better. But Airbnb, at this point, is basically running a hotel that's been d- distributed throughout residential neighborhoods in the city. And what that means is the more success that, that Airbnb has, um, particularly when it's occurring in these kind of full-time entire home listings that we were focusing on, um, the, the, the fewer options there are for homes for city residents who are trying to find a place to live. Um, so that actually is quite a, very, a worrying trend. And the second thing is that um, it's, you know, if you're, if you're if you are that, that kind of stereotypical family who'd like to put your home up on Airbnb for the weekend while you're out of town, good luck right now because you're competing against very sophisticated firms who are doing a lot of market research, who've got a lot of resources um, into figuring out how to uh, attract tourists. So it's actually not only is, it, is the, the kind of commercialization of short-term rentals uh, hurting citizens who are trying to find a home, but it also is actually undercutting families who'd like to use Airbnb for what Airbnb kind of claims as the main purpose, which is letting families earn a little bit of extra money while they're out of town. Right. In terms of legality of this, whether it is, you know, the families who, who rent out the place on a weekend or someone who owns property and rents it out full time, is, is any or all of this legal? Well, this is actually a really interesting thing. Um, there, you know, for, for the kind of obvious reasons that there haven't been platforms like Airbnb around for very long, almost every city and province, they just don't have any rules about this um, or, or kind of rules maybe possibly cover short-term rentals, but they were intended for other purposes. Um, so for the most part, uh, they're operating in a legal gray zone. And um, that, you know, that, that's, I think that's one of the things that's allowed the market to grow so fast. Um, but I think what we're seeing across uh, cities across the country and elsewhere in the world is that cities are realizing that it's time to step up and have a, a kind of good rational conversation about what's the appropriate way for short-term rentals to be managed. But I guess when it comes to, to the municipalities, are, are, are cities being lied to? If, if Look, I own a house, and so I'm registered as the owner of the house. I pay property tax on the house. But, you know, basically the implication is, hey, that's my house. I, I live there. So are, are the owners of these properties misrepresenting the situation uh, to the cities? Um, pro- probably not, because um, they are, you know, it, like currently you are, you know, for the most part in, in most jurisdictions here, you own the house. It's your right to do with it what you what you want for the, you know subject to existing laws. For example, if you want to have a tenant, there are going to be some regulations about how that um, right. tenancy operates. There, in some places, there are already kind of bans on on rentals under a certain number of days. In which case, you probably are um, sidestepping the law. The thing is, that on some level, it's a moot point because cities have no city has the resources to send out inspectors 
at any kind of scale to, to, to see if anybody's um, breaking the law or not. Um, so the, and this is one of the big challenges is that even if you have the best ideas about how short-term rentals like Airbnb should be managed, it doesn't mean you can pull it off if you've got to you know, basically have a whole series of detectives um, you know, looking at how everybody's using their homes every day. Right. But it's an interesting point because I, I can buy a home and I cannot live there. I can instead rent it out to somebody. So if um, they're renting it on a monthly basis uh, for me, what's the difference between somebody else who's renting out a house uh, on a weekly basis? Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, there, there, there are a couple big differences. One is that hotels have, you know, a certain set of responsibilities and obligations. For example, there are, most jurisdictions have some kind of hotel or tourism tax. Um, Airbnb hosts don't pay that, and you know that's kind of think of it, about that what you will. But you know it's definitely kind of a, a you know a, a weird and unfair advantage. Um, but the other thing is that um, we rely on on uh, landlords to supply houses for uh, for tenants to live in for renters, and um, it doesn't mean that any given uh, owner of a property is obligated to put their their rental uh, to put their property onto the rental market onto the long-term rental market as opposed to Airbnb. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's the assumption that urban planners have made um, kind of guiding policies like zoning that decide how much building we're going to allow, where we're going to allow it, those kinds of things. So the fact that a lot of that rental housing is getting shifted into short-term rentals like Airbnb is is it doesn't mean it's kind of wrong for the individual owners to be doing that, but it, it, it poses some real challenges for, at, for the city as a whole in terms of projecting how much housing we have, how much we need, and the rest of it. Is, is it a signal of sorts to the market that maybe in these communities? I mean, is there anything to suggest that, that the hotel industry, that there's not enough supply, that there's a lot of demand, people want to go to places like Vancouver, but there's just not enough supply to accommodate all of these people? Yeah, you know, I think that that is definitely part of it. I think you, where you see that really particularly is places that get kind of occasional surges of tourists. Um, so in Montreal, where I'm talking to you from, um, we just had the Oceaga Music Festival last weekend. And this, every, you know, every year it brings in, I don't know, you know how, how many gazillion people to come hear the music. And it's not really that reasonable to expect there to be enough hotels to support everybody on that, you know, for that one peak weekend, um, because those hotels would also need to be in business year you know for year round where they might not be able to book their rooms this is actually one of the greatest opportunities for for short short term rentals and home sharing right because cities can absorb kind of occasional rushes another example would be the olympics those kinds you know these kind of events where a ton of people descend on your town you don't necessarily want to build a bunch of new hotels so i think that that you know but those would be the kind of situations where if you're a homeowner you might think you know what we'll get out of town for a week Right. Um, and we'll make some money while, while we're out of town. That's a great, that, that, that's exactly the kind of home sharing that I think would be, would be really successful. The problem is more that we're seeing units that are just on, on, on the market week after week, month after month, month after month, and there's where you're saying maybe we should be uh, cracking down a bit on that and get some more hotels built. Well, is that what you're calling for then? Maybe a crackdown on that? I mean, clearly, you know, you, you're not suggesting that Airbnb be banned or somebody wants to rent out their home, you know, on, on weekends or get out of town for a week during a big festival. You don't see a problem there. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, you know, Airbnb, what they always want to emphasize, they say 80% of our hosts are families who are just renting their home out occasionally while they're out of town. And that's, that's a, you know, that's true, but it's a very misleading way of understanding what's actually happening in the market. Those 80% of hosts are not even accounting for half of the, of the money that's being made or the bookings that are being made. Just 10% of hosts are making a majority of the money and booking a majority of the accommodations um, across the, all the cities we were looking at. So what we'd like to see is 
a kind of a return or a focus on on people renting out their home occasionally for a few extra bucks, particularly you know if they've got a spare room, that kind of thing. And what we're saying instead is that we should um, where we should be cracking down is first of all that one host should be able to have one rental. So you can rent out your own home, but we shouldn't see um, firms or individuals accumulating big portfolios of short-term rentals because they're going to be pulling those units off the long-term housing market, which is troubling for existing residents. Number two, we shouldn't see full-time rentals of entire homes. You know, it's an occasional thing. It's great. But full-time, you're, just, you're, you're talking about it's, it's a business. You're making money year over year um, by taking housing away from, from local residents. And then the last one is Airbnb should be responsible for enforcing these regulations. You know, they can kind of build it into their website. Um, say if you're there a limit of 90 days a year on a booking, you try to book the 91st, it says no thanks. Um, and if we did those things, we'd crack down on the big business side of um, landlords and property managers kind of pulling housing off the market and, and turning it into hotels. But we'd actually allow the small players, the, the families um, who are trying to rent occasionally, they'd be able to flourish. All right. Really interesting. David, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Uh, that is uh, David Waxmuth. He's uh, at McGill University Canada Research Chair in Urban Government, Assistant Professor in the School of Urban Planning. Uh, he's got this research posted up at his own website, which is davidwaxmuth.com. W-A-C-H-S-M-U-T-H dot com. If you want a link, you can text me, I'll send you one. And I mean, these are challenges that cities need to grapple with. Would it bother you if in your neighborhood a house was being rented out? Probably not. The people next door to you, they don't own the house, they're renting it from the owner, wouldn't be a big deal. What if each week there was a new family there? Would that bother you? So how much of an issue is this? How, How concerned should we be by all of this? And the other thing is, is it different between cities and, say, a resort community? I mean, it's long been the case that uh, whether it's cabins, cottages, whatever, out at the lake, resort communities, that people buy property. None of people don't live there. They might stay there a few weeks out of the year. They rent it out the rest of the time. There are websites like VRBO and HomeAway Canada that have existed for a long time with that express purpose. Is it different when it's out at a resort community versus in a residential area in a big city? 974 Talk is a number here. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.